0: Welcome to another episode of Awaken Parenting. I'm your host, Jill McPherson, parenting consultant, mother of four, and teacher, here to answer your parenting questions. On today's show, we are talking about kids and cell phones. Since I started Awaken Parenting, I have heard several parents share a desire for tips on how to manage their kids and phones. I've heard frequent complaints and concerns from parents whose children are on their cell phones constantly. Number one question I have been asked is, how do we get them off their phone? What rules to have around managing cell phone use is not just a question parents ask, but teachers and employers as well. And let's be honest, managing cell phone use is not just a struggle for kids and teens. Many adults in children's lives struggle to be self-disciplined with their phones. Today, I decided instead of asking a fellow parent to join me on the topic of kids, teens and cell phones, I thought I would invite a teen with a cell phone to share her thoughts on this topic. I asked my youngest child, Grace, who is 13, if she would join me today to offer her perspective on phones and possible solutions for parents struggling with this topic in their home. Thank you, Grace, for agreeing to join me today. So. Here's my list of questions that I wanted to ask you to get your opinion on. My first question is, did you have to buy your own phone?
1: Uh, No, I got my phone for Christmas. It was a hand-me-down from my oldest sister.
0: Okay. And so is it on a phone
1: plan? Not at the moment.
0: And um, so why is that?
1: Because... Um, I can't have a phone plan until I can pay for one myself and I've decided not to get one yet.
0: Okay, so when do you plan then to activate your phone to use it as a real phone?
1: When I get a job and I have a steady income and I can pay for a phone plan.
0: And how do you feel about that? Do you wish that um, your parents uh, paid for a phone plan now or... Um, Do you get frustrated about that or what are your thoughts?
1: Um, Sometimes it can be a little like, I just wish I had a phone plan for the moments where I don't have internet and I can't do what a phone plan can do. But I think it's good that I have to pay for it because it makes me be more responsible for my money and the way I treat my phone.
0: Right. So do you see a difference between um, kids who, have it all paid for versus kids who um have to either contribute somewhat or all to the to their phones uh yeah what what would you say you see what difference do you see
1: um when people when they get their parents to pay for their plan I see more using their phone uh, more carelessly and not really understanding how much a phone plan can be and kind of just blowing it off like it's not it's nothing
0: so do you have concerns maybe they're not appreciating it as well about how what they how much it costs yeah for sure okay okay Sam. most days do you think you're on your phone too much not that much or just about right
1: um most days i think i'm on my phone too much um just because like we're in lockdown or this virus but it depends for me on what i was using it for that day because i might be using it for school or i might just be using it for entertainment or i might be using it to make plans so it's all it differs for me between how i was using it And by that, then I tell myself if I was using it too much, not enough, or just right.
0: Right. So do you take the time to look in your phone to see the amount of screen time you have? Do you check that on a regular basis?
1: Yeah, um, I don't do it a whole lot. I I do it maybe once a week just to check in for the week, see how I was doing. And then I look back to those days and again say, what was I doing that day? Why did I... I was on it this much that day and only this much the other, but, um, I don't check it too often because I have enough trust in myself that I can do it without looking at my time.
0: So you're saying you feel like you do have a good idea without even looking, um, how much you've been on your phone. Yeah. But when you do look, have you ever been surprised or are you like, yeah, that's kind of what I thought.
1: Yeah, there's been some times where I've been surprised. I'm like, whoa, that was low, or whoa, that was really high, um, just because I didn't think I was using it that little or that much that day.
0: OK. What would you say is the biggest difference between kids who are on their phones all the time and the ones who are not?
1: Um, I see a difference when we're in social gatherings. Um, Some people are kind of like glued to their phone a lot and some people can leave it. Um, I just see like a difference.
0: Yeah. And do you have any ideas on what's happening for those that when you're in like at school or in a social situation, when you see them on their phone all the time, do you see, have you made a connection between why you think those kids are on their phone all the time more than the ones that aren't?
1: um when we're in a social gathering i just think that they're nervous to be around a lot of people they're nervous to socialize so they use their phone as an escape
0: right so that could be um almost like helpful to them like in the sense of they use it to keep their anxiety down in a certain situation
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah So what do you think then, if it's, if they're having social anxiety and they're on their phone a lot, is the goal to, do you think the goal would be to take their phone away or make rules around their phone or help them to be more socially confident in situations?
1: Uh, Yeah, I would help them. I would find why they're using their phone so much in social settings and help them get over that reason.
0: Okay. So when it comes down to it though, do you think kids need rules on using their cell phones?
1: Um, I don't I think some kids might need them more than others because some kids can self-regulate more than others. But when we get the freedom to experience everything, that's when I know I started to make rules for myself. So instead of having these rules set in place and being focused on, you know, breaking the rules or making sure to do the opposite of what these rules are, I didn't have as much rules. And then I started to self-regulate and make rules for myself when I saw what was happening.
0: Right. So you're saying, I'm hearing you say that you think some kids do need, might need a certain amount of structure or rules, um, and then slowly let rules off so that kids can start to self-regulate like what you were doing when when you started to have sort of less rules around a phone I'm hearing that you took on the responsibility then of setting your own rules per se or guidelines on your phone usage is that right yeah okay great now I would say and and I think you would agree with me that my really only rule I have in our house about cell phones is no cell phones at the table. And of course, sometimes people will still have them with them and occasionally look at them when they buzz, which I know kind of bothers me a little bit, but I try to stay flexible about this, but I'm curious, what's your honest opinion about no cell phones at the table?
1: Um, I think it's a good rule. I think it gives us space away from all of the technology and it gives time to socialize with your family, especially if you've been doing different things throughout the day. Um, I see why people kind of look, it's kind of become a thing to do now. It dings you look, but I think the rule is a good rule to have as a like thing to keep it away from your technology.
0: Right at the table. Yeah.
1: And I have to admit, I had to
0: work on it at first myself, because I remember a few times my phone dinging during mealtime, and uh, wanting to go and look and just just check, you know, not necessarily respond, but just check. And then I decided I had to keep the phone completely away uh, from the table and at, at a distance. And uh, but I would still keep it on because I really wanted to to role model to my family, that I could hear it ding and not need to go check. um, And that it could wait. And right now when I'm with my family at the table, that is the most important time I want to be with them, not with anything that's happening in my phone. So um, I also want to ask your opinion on some parent rules that I've heard that some families have, and that I've struggled to myself to think about, you know, well, well should I have this rule or not. And I've worked through a lot of these, but I want your opinion. What do you think about parents um, taking phones away when their kids have been on them too much?
1: Um, I think it, it ends up being a little bit pointless, because I think the reason the parent will take your phone away is to teach them a lesson to get off their phones. But once your personal space has been taken away from you because a lot of kids see it more as like their personal object and their own. So once it's been taken away from you, you kind of, you don't think about why, you think about how you're gonna start getting it back and how to take it back.
0: Right. So you're saying that the punishment of having a phone taken away, now the child's focusing on either revenge or trying to get the phone back or this isn't fair rather than using it as an opportunity to uh, evaluate and self-reflect and think about how I could use my phone more effectively. Mm -hmm. What do you think about parents who just turn off the Wi-Fi when their kids have been on their device too much?
1: Um... I find it a little bit better than taking away the actual phone because then you still have what you what you want. But I I see it it does the same thing as taking away the phone, where the phone isn't really useful when you don't have Wi-Fi, because a lot of kids are using their phone for you know social media and that all takes Wi-Fi, so it can get them off the phone, but it can also do the same thing as taking away the phone can do right so again it's not really helping kids self-regulate
0: if there's just turn off the wi-fi
1: yeah
0: yeah okay what about not allowing phones in bedrooms
1: um well when i go on my phone i like to be personal about it not that i have anything to hide Um, I just like having my own space being alone and being able to go on my phone so not having it in the bedroom would just be would just kind of feel a little awkward to me because I have what I want but I can't go where I want so um yeah I don't know if I would like that rule
0: (laughs) and what about at bedtime I know that there's a you know, serious concern about kids having their phones in their room before sleep because um, being on a screen can stimulate or kind of keep you awake, kind of like having a coffee before going to bed, and it could, you know, be harmful for trying to get to sleep at night. What's what's your experience with that?
1: Um, I've been allowed my phone in my room, and I will admit I go on it at night sometimes, but I also, since I've been able to go on it at night, I have a time setting where I say phone down and I have like rules with my phone anyway. So I see why some parents think it's bad for at night, but I also, it's part of my routine, but I I can limit that by self-regulating myself.
0: Okay. So you haven't had a problem with using the screen so much that then you can't get to sleep.
1: No,
0: Um, but some, I guess, could. So it's more of a case by case situation where some children might be invited to make a connection between not being able to get to sleep and screen time and then having a space, making sure there's a space between screen time and sleep. When you self-regulate, is that what you do? Do you try to set a time where you're creating space between being on a screen and actually turning out the light and going to sleep?
1: Yeah. So I'll, I'll do my, you know, like brush my teeth, get ready for bed. And then I'll allow myself to have that time to go on my phone for a little bit. And then I, by a certain time I say phone off and then I turn off lights and I go to sleep.
0: And, and you, and you're able to get to sleep most times. You're okay with that. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you've you made a connection that it's okay for you. Um, what about parents using phones as a tracking device to know where their kids are?
1: Um, I think that it's it kind of feels like your space is like your privacy is kind of invaded because you know you want to bring your phone with you, but you don't want to bring it if your parents are tracking you to see where you are. But I also, like, I think that when people, when kids are going places, they'll either tell the parent if they want them to know where they're going, or they won't say if they don't want them to know, which I know some parents can struggle with not knowing. But I would have trust in your kid to either tell you, or if they didn't tell you, there's probably a reason behind that
0: and then there is that argument about using it for safety to know where your kids are Um, but you're saying that um it's more important to to foster a good communication between you and your child so for the most part they will know where you are yeah yeah okay great now um if parents could only do one or two things to make a positive difference in their kids' lives around cell phones, what would you suggest?
1: I would suggest just having a conversation with your kid, because you, if you want to make rules, then I would make it them with your kid. Um, if you don't want rules, then I would still talk to them about what their rules look like for themselves. Um, Because you can set rules for your kid, but they might not follow them if they don't like them. So having a conversation will help um, both of you get what you want.
0: Great. So, yeah, I strongly agree with you that there's an importance of having a conversation with the goal being to co-create guidelines around phone usage, not just the parents dictating this is the way it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because as soon as we have rules, we know that then there has to be policing of rules and consequences and uh, possible punishments. And and it just gets uh, detrimental to the relationship. So instead, trying to find that the win-win uh, between the, the child or the teen and the parent, it would be the ultimate goal. Great. Well, well thank you. Now, now I'm going to speak now directly to our listeners just to add in my thoughts on this topic as well. So an example I want to give with having that kind of uh, dialogue that Grace is talking about is a a sort of a personal example of mine is when I was sharing concerns and asking for their opinions on about phone usage. So I said something like one time, I'm concerned you're staying up late on your phone and that's why you're so tired in the morning. What do you think? Is there anything I can do to help you with this? And um, so that's the kind of putting it out there to see what they think and they can contribute to it and give their opinions and trying to find uh, a way to find that win-win. If they're younger, when they first get a phone, then perhaps, yes, parents have to start off a schedule on when they can and can't have their phones. However, if you believe they're old enough to have a phone, then I would strongly urge parents um, to make sure that they are first, their child is first showing signs of self-regulation before handing them a phone, no matter what age. So slowly start to wean them off rules in order to foster an independent, self-regulating problem solver. And also be willing to negotiate. Uh, be open that um, it doesn't have to be all your way. And it's amazing uh, what um, ideas your kids will come up with if they believe that you're open to hearing them. In fact, um, one of my favorite parenting experts, Barbara Coloroso, gives three alternatives to know. And one of the alternatives is convince me. So instead of, um, you know, in other words, why exhaust yourself at defending your no if you're saying no or making a rule about something uh, about the phone, instead let them exhaust themselves explaining why it should be a yes or why they think their idea uh, should be um, put into place. So make sure that you're letting them have an opportunity to express themselves. I've often been amazed when I've done this with my kids, when I let them explain their thinking, I'm amazed about their creative thinking that they often think of things that I hadn't even considered. Uh, Many times, they've convinced me uh, to plan, to agree to a plan that I originally Uh, would not have thought to. I would agree to. So I am grateful for this strategy as it has strongly developed their ability to think outside the box, to problem solve, to listen to others without believing that sharing their thoughts is pointless, to practice language that helps them to be heard more effectively. When children know their opinion matters, it inevitably invites them to dig deeper within themselves to think through a challenging situation and come up with possible scenarios that are not just a win for themselves, but a win for everyone affected. And do you want them uh, talking more and be involved in conversations with you, especially at the dinner table? Then my tip here is I would invite you to ask yourself, am I speaking and behaving in a way that I would want uh, to talk to me? Uh, Sometimes the reason your child or teen is not offering much in the way of conversation is because when they do share, sometimes adults want to judge, evaluate, or offer unwanted advice or opinions on what they share. My mantra for myself, which I still struggle with, is to remember to talk less and listen more. A great acronym to keep in your back of your mind is WAIT, Uh, the W-A-I-T, why am I talking? Just check and see when you're talking, am I talking too much? If your child's not talking, it's a good chance that you're talking too much, and lastly, When it comes to any topic, not just phones, one very important way to foster a loving and respectful relationship with your teen is to learn to surrender and trust. Surrendering more and more decisions to your children as they get older can be scary. However, if it is accompanied by offering them a story of trust, surrendering turns out to be much more of a positive experience. For example, many times I've confessed to my kids my concerns over a topic, several involving cell phones. After they tell me their thoughts, sometimes we struggle to come up with a plan that I'm comfortable with. And one of the best ways I can comfort myself and maintain a loving relationship with my teen is to say something like, well, I know I need to trust that you know you better than I do, and I trust you will make a decision that's best for you. If you need any more help or thoughts from me, let me know, otherwise I know you got this. It's amazing how hard our children work to prove whatever story we offer them about themselves right. Time and time again, I have offered my children a positive and loving story about themselves and time and time again, they prove me right. Now back to Grace. Do you have any other thoughts you want to share before we conclude here about uh, anything either i've said or anything more about cell phones or or tips for parents no no that's it okay great well i really appreciate your insight and and your thoughts and i hope that the parents and listening do too as well so i want to thank you for joining me on this episode of awakened parenting I know this can be difficult for many parents, kids and teens, and my hope is allowing people to hear your experience and your wisdom will help the many parents listening. And I hope my sharing has helped as well. I know cell phone usage has been one of my biggest challenges and yet has been responsible for some of the best conversations I have had with my teens. If you are looking for support in finding ways to bring more peace into your life as a parent, then be sure to reach out to me at jillmcperson.com. I offer two parenting workshops, one for parents of younger children and one for parents with tweens and teens. These workshops each run for four weeks. However, they will not be running over July and August. You can now sign up for the next series starting in September. If you're looking for support over the summer, the Peaceful Parenting Program will still be running. I plan to move it to Monday evenings, and I'm interested in offering a time during the day, so message me if you'd be interested in that. This is a monthly commitment. For the price of a one-to-one session, you can get the benefit of four one-hour gatherings to ask about questions involving parenting or family relationships. I will also continue to be available for one-to-one sessions throughout the summer. You can book a session directly on my website or message me through my contact page. And also don't hesitate to ask me questions in my Facebook group, Awaken Parenting. When you do, other parents will benefit from your question. And if you have a suggestion or question for my next parenting podcast, please be sure to let me know at JillMcPherson.com. Until then, this is Jill McPherson inviting you to join me in awakening to a more peaceful way to parent. On awakened parenting.